Yeah, music. What kind of crap is this? Ah, the mid-1990s. When I think of the culture in the 90s, I think of the Simpsons, the rise of the internet, the NBA reign of the Chicago Bulls, rollerblades, Polly Shore, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and mullets. But the music styles of R&B and pop that dominated the airwaves still stand out as one of the larger influences in 90s culture. The predominant subgenre of music is rather unknown to Gen Zers like myself, and maybe if you grew up in this decade, you will scoff at the absolute lack of knowledge us whippersnappers have on the cultural phenomenon that was New Jack Swing. New Jack Swing is the musical creation of producers Teddy Riley, the Jimmy Jam Terry Lewis team, L.A. Reid, Babyface Edmonds, as well as Uptown Records owner Andre Harrell. There are a multitude of other individuals that could be on this list of influences of the subgenre, but Teddy Riley is still considered the father of New Jack Swing and has the longest-lasting direct impact on the music that took over the United States in the 90s. After a turn in the 1980s, the popularity of rap and lyric-centered, fast-paced, beat-oriented R&B dominating the African-American and younger markets, as well as the other side of R&B, was stuck. It all sounded the same, and throughout the decade, the quiet storm, slow jam, and sophisticated hits from artists like Anita Baker, Teddy Pendergrass, the Isley Brothers, Patti LaBelle, and several other Motown-like artists that dominated the opposite spectrum of R&B slowly turned into something else. Over time, these genres would begin to fuse and mesh, combining instrumentation from both rap and Quiet Storm to form the staple genre of the 1990s that is New Jack Swing. More rhythm and usage of percussion was seen from the foundation of the R&B genre fused with the beats, sounds, and lyrical components of rap and hip-hop of the time. The chaos of New Jack Swing was busy, yet organized, showcased within the keyboard and synth sounds. The 4-4 time signature, or sometimes 12-8 time, is largely seen in the swinging drum beats. This was also incorporated with the introduction of newly made drum machines like the Roland TR-808. Another musical invention during the New Jack Swing era was the sampler. Many artists embraced former hits and older artists as sampling became more commonplace within the genre. The Emu SP-1200 and the Akai MPC series were some of the most popular samplers within the music scene. The last major characteristic of New Jack Swing, seen in the later years of the subgenre, was the use of smooth group backing vocals that is commonly referred to with boys to men. 
It was the transition from the stereotypical R&B and pop that the early 1980s was used to seeing, and this new scene of R&B that revitalized the genre started making its mark in the hip-hop world. Based in Harlem, New York, the mastermind behind the sounds you hear was Edward Teddy Riley. Growing up learning multiple instruments, Riley was already working on music and produced for different local Harlem artists. His big break? Riley produced Go See the Doctor by Cool Mo D in 1986, which put Teddy on the map and was just the beginning of his musical journey into New Jack Swing. Two other key elements showcased within the subgenre is the swing shuffle rhythm along with gospel-rooted vocal stylings. In 1987, Terry Riley formed his own group called Guy that included Aaron Hall and Timmy Gatling. These musical elements can be heard in the trio's song Groove Me, which stands as the benchmark in New Jack Swing. In 1989, Riley helped produce the debut album for the rap group Rex and FX, and as the 90s entered, Riley would go on tour with Guy's second album and also co-producing a portion of Michael Jackson's Dangerous album. In late 91, Riley formed his second group after the breakup of Guy. This group, under the name Black Street, would release many major hits, including Don't Leave Me in 1997, Girlfriend, Boyfriend featuring Janet Jackson, Eve and Ja Rule in 1999, and most notably, the group's number one single, No Diggity, featuring Dr. Dre and Queen Penn in 1996. The term New Jack Swing was actually coined by iconic writer Barry Michael Cooper in his Village Voice article from 1987 titled, Teddy Riley's New Jack Swing, Harlem Gangsters Raise a Genius. Cooper stated in his article, Harlem was flatlining in the mid to late 80s because of the crack epidemic. So my reporting served to set the record straight about the people I knew, the dignity they had, the intelligence they never lost despite some losing their way temporarily because of this monstrous plague of a drug. What Teddy was doing was brand new. That's why I named it New Jack Swing. Teddy's music was the soundtrack to a new version of the Harlem Renaissance, and I wanted my reporting and writing to reflect that too. A sense of historical relevance, social and political accuracy, and a spiritual uplift to make it memorable. Teddy Riley is still producing as of today, and his legacy and impact on the subgenre makes him the true father of New Jack Swing. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are the producer team known as Jam and Lewis that broke onto the scene after being fired by Prince, producing one of the most influential new Jack Swing albums of the era. The duo out of Minneapolis had been producing for a number of albums from Alexander O'Neill and Sherelle, but the defining moment was when A&M executive John McClain gave Jam and Lewis the life-changing opportunity to work with the cousin of the famous Jackson 5, Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson had a few hit-and-miss albums before the release of her third album, Control, in 1986. 
This album was the turn in Janet Jackson's career and is still one of the most defining albums of the new Jack Swing subgenre. The production by Jam and Lewis sounded different than anything during that era, and it worked in perfect harmony with Janet Jackson's vocals. The interesting part about the sound of the album was that Jam and Lewis, who were relatively new to the game, actually recorded the album themselves after an engineer completely walked out during the recording process. Loud, distorted, frantic, and shaky are some ways to describe the sound of the production on the album, and as a sound engineer myself, I have to agree. But the miraculous thing was, it worked. Janet Jackson's Control sold 5 million copies and produced a multitude of hit singles and won many awards. There are so many artists and important figures that defined the new Jack Swing era of R&B that it would require its own series to cover even the surface. Producer Babyface and Uptown Records label owner Andre Harrell were the second most influential people behind Teddy Riley and Jammin' Lewis. But we cannot forget about the quintessential artists of this time. New Edition, a New Jack Swing staple, had many of their albums produced by Jim Lewis and are still a favorite band that most 90s babies still love to listen to. Bobby Brown, the first bad boy of R&B and known as the king of R&B, released his second solo album after leaving New Edition, Don't Be Cruel, in 1988 that actually featured Babyface and Teddy Riley on certain tracks. Keith Sweat released the self-proclaimed first New Jack Swing album, Make It Last Forever in 1987 that was produced by Riley. Karen White's self-titled 1988 album and her 1991 release of Ritual of Love were also prominent within the subgenre. Al B. Shore's album, In Effect Mode, released in 1988, was one of the legendary albums from the group. Pebbles was another prominent female artist in the New Jack Swing subgenre. And we cannot talk about New Jack Swing without the likes of Boys to Men, created by New Edition member Michael Bivens. Their 1991 Cool High Harmony is a personal favorite of mine. Looking back, New Jack Swing was more than music. It was also film, fashion, culture, and an identity. The genre even influenced movies like Boomerang, Boys in the Hood, Ghostbusters 2, the House Party series, Juice, and New Jack City. Barry Michael Cooper, who coined the term New Jack Swing, which we just talked about, actually wrote the screenplay for New Jack City. The film introduced the phrase and the music to the mainstream audience throughout the world. TV shows were also something that the genre influenced. One main one was the cultural phenomenon in living color. There are so many different influences and cultural icons that the New Jack Swing era brought about into the world and especially the United States. And that is why I think it is one of the most interesting subgenres under the R&B umbrella. This has been New Jack Swing on the Subgenrepedia. I'm Alex Neal and I hope you were able to enjoy the distinct sounds and anthems from the early 1990s that helped pave a path for R&B. Maybe you learned something new or found a new favorite genre. Either way, there is always more music to discover. 
I'd like to thank Blake Mace for introducing me to New Jack Swing and inspiring much of this episode. So Blake, thanks brother. I'll see you next time on the Subgenrepedia.
Jacks is real smooth on a Honda chip. Nick Mike Sean and Juan, you know the mentality. Keep flipping the gift. Subgenrepedia. I'm Alex Neal. And now back to Lincoln's new music alternative on 90.3 KRNU, Lincoln.